and I had like a circle around me, like girls, you know, or whatever. And it's like, always that changes everything. This is Fuck uh, what I'm do now. <laughs> That's literally the exact same thing. <laughs> when I started playing, and then there was a few girls that would show up to our jam, and it was me and a buddy that were playing drums. He was playing drums, I was playing guitar. We didn't even have a whole band. We just him and I, and some girls would show up. We were like. I think we found our calling. Yeah. I think this is this is the place I want to be. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you're like, levels out the playing field, bro. You could be like three <laughs> feet tall. Doesn't matter what you, you look like. You can play guitar pretty good. All right. <laughs> Hello. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. And if you like it, tell a friend. And if you want to support the show, you can by one, subscribing and liking our YouTube channel at the DMW Podcast. Two, you can go to our website and sign up to our mailing list at the dmwpodcast.com. And three, you can follow us on Instagram at the DMW Podcast. Thanks again for all of your support. My name is Steph, and this is the Dead Man Walking Podcast. Dude, I, I'm really happy. One finally meet you because i've heard your name for years i've always heard awesome things about you i've seen videos as a musician which was some of the coolest shit that i'd seen growing up Thanks, um associated with some of like names that i i had dreamed of as a guitarist when i was younger and hearing about you like being on tours with these guys and like it was always used to fascinate me that someone from the hood you know did this like this was something to me that was super uh impressive but funny enough the thing that like really made me want to call you now was the james bond stuff that you do <laughs> a james bond list <laughs> what the fuck just happened you know it's like i just see you riding motorcycles <laughs> jumping off walls and climbing dude off all this shit so yeah knowing the history behind then the name and then now seeing this new chapter was one of the the things that really made me say I got to reach out to this guy. One, meet him, because I've always wanted to. I just never had a reason to. But second is like, learn more about this person and kind of the journey that he's been through. So I just want to say, you know, it was a long intro here, but definitely just to say thank you for being here. And uh, man, I can't wait to hear about this James Bond project and how this all came to be. Dude, thank you, man. It's fun. You know, fun to come and like hang out, you know. Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to be James Bond. Let's be realistic. <laughs> How tall was James Bond again? <laughs> just that alone, it disqualified, you know? No, just like um, like I, I made a list at 40. When I turned 40, my brain changed. You know, my uncle always told me and my cousin always told me, dude, every 5, 10 years, your brain's going to change. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to change. You're going to want different things, you know? At 40 years old, I was like this solipsistic life, this very self-centered one type of one track mind you know since i was like 11 years old just wanted to do music only music yeah. and at 40 i wanted to do other things all of a sudden just literally like out of the blue yeah i was gonna say like you woke up it was it on your birthday that this pretty process much started or was it like leading up to the birthday i'm really weird with that because okay. every birthday i i'm i it's sort of like a point in time when i i analyze like where i'm at what's going on you know uh, how i feel about certain things and i also make it like from this point at this point or like you know, like spring to summer and then summer mm -hmm. to fall like I, I have like periods that i want to do certain things and accomplish certain things in and then just uh yeah when i turned 40 i was like dude remember I used to bmx motocross that was like my first love yeah all i wanted to do was bmx i used to carry around a stack of bmx and motocross magazines with me everywhere my neighbor was a BMXer, you know, and used to do tricks. And I idolized that guy, you know. And, yeah. and I remember once he had a, a Suzuki RM125 or a 250, a two-stroke dirt bike. 
on the driveway, revving it, smoke everywhere. He put me on, on the bike and I was just shocked. <laughs> Dude, it imprints this sort of like memory in you. And I remember seeing him and his buddy from down the street walking their bikes in full gear, walking to like the, um, this like open field area in Ville-Saint-Laurent where I lived. And um, I would hear the bikes, you know, like they'd be riding. And um, I was never able to do it. Obviously, you know it's expensive. Uh, yeah, Italian it's a parents. whole it's a whole other lifestyle too. It's and 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 we didn't grow up like I know I didn't grow up with my city my dad. boys. Dude. We're in the city. Yeah, like, <laughs> like ride your bike to to a video store and go rent a video. You know, and that's it. Like that's what you rode your bike for. It was BMX to the dep to get a Mister Freeze in a BMX magazine and then yeah. like rip around the city and like do little jumps or like think me you're get, cool. Yeah, think you're, think you're all adventurous and it's just like the, the simplest. <laughs> or like me one day, I don't know what the hell possessed me. I built a ramp. It was like our driveway with like steps to the gate to our backyard. Okay. My dad's working. I I just put a ramp. I got all geared up. <laughs> right down the driveway. No. And I just smashed through the fence, dude. No. And my dad was like. How many swear words what? came out of your dad's mouth that day? Because my, well, my mom would have lost his shit. It, I don't even think he got mad. He was just like. Questioning. He was stunned. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why would you do that? So I have no idea. I have no answer for him, bro. Yeah. I was just like, I wanted to get my gear on and jump through the fence. It, and it so what happened dumb. after with the BMX? Because like, there was all that passion. And then, and then you know, um, you basically don't grow. Everybody else grows. And you stay small. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, you don't have the money or the energy to ride. I was like sick. I got diagnosed with celiac at 26. But I was sick like my whole life. Yeah. I was always like weak and... You know, I I loved sports, but I wasn't really great at sports. I didn't have the energy. I still remember playing soccer, being really great one year. And then, and then the next year, everybody shot up and got huge. And I remember walking by the soccer field and being like, I thought it was like, I thought they were horses. <laughs> they were like, it was so loud, all these dudes running. And I was like looking at them like, how is everybody so big? How did everybody grow? What happened during the summer here or during the winter? What, what the fuck did you eat? I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. And then from that moment on, it was like. I'm just going to like sit home and play guitar, you know? But, and the guitar, how, why, why the guitar? It's, it just came like pretty much out of nowhere. My cousin, uh, you know, had a, had a strat with some boss pedals and he would be messing around at home at my aunt's house. I saw that. I thought it was cool. And then I saw my older brother, uh, who's a musician, like um, uh, lip syncing to like some stupidity and like elementary school like yeah. some uh talent show but they're lip syncing with cardboard guitars for some reason <laughs> i was like i want to do that like this makes sense what are you talking about bro like what are you even doing right now you know do you know what it was that made that attractive though like because i i know what made me get into guitar like i could see like it was yesterday it was a song from guns and roses my brother brought home the lp i was like oh my god this is the fucking coolest thing in the world yeah. i saw slash and i was like oh my god i want to be this guy pretty much same thing man so Pretty yeah, much the same thing. Like my brother had the bands and would have the, his buddies over and jam, and I would just watch them. And it was like Queensrÿche and uh, you know Motley Crue, and then um, you know Van Halen, all these bands. And yeah, I would just hear it, and and I would trip out. And then I started taking lessons. And I still remember one time in um, I think it was like elementary school. I can't remember. I was just playing like uh, Shook Me All That Long, uh, ACDC, AC, just like the intro. Yeah, and I had like a circle around me, you know, like girls, you know, or whatever. <laughs> It's like, always that changes everything. Fuck uh, sports. Do now. <laughs> That's literally the exact same thing. <laughs> when I started playing, and then there was a few girls that would show up to our jam, and it was me and a buddy that were playing drums. He was playing drums, I was playing guitar. We didn't even have a whole band. We just him and I, and some girls would show up. We were like, "I think we found our calling. Yeah, I think this is this is the place I want to be." Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you're like 
levels out the playing field, bro. You could be like three <laughs> feet tall. Doesn't matter what you, you, you look like. You could play guitar pretty good. All right. <laughs> Hello. That was oh. a conversation starter. It was. It was Dude. like. It's so it's so crazy. It's like, like I I know there's like that transition because when I was a kid too, I played sports. I played like baseball a season, and I played basketball and soccer. I just I fucking hated soccer. And my mom and dad just put me in it. How do you hate soccer? I just I, just, I used to be like I don't want to play this sport. I just don't like. I had no affinity for this sport. But it was like okay, I guess you're Italian, so you have to play soccer. I was like <laughs> that's it. There was no option. I'd be like mom, I don't want to fucking go. And she's like, you're gonna go. I'm like play baseball. Like I want to play baseball. And anyways, and so. I found like the guitar for me was like almost an escape from the sports world that I felt like I never, I never knew. I always knew I was never going to be an athlete. I just knew that. Like now it's funny. I run and I enjoy running and all that stuff. But back then it was like, there's something about sports that I love it. I love watching it. I love like maybe, you know, participating in it, but to yeah. go full fledged the training, I just knew that wasn't right. And then the guitar kind of showed up and then it was like this obsession. So like for you, when, when that showed up, everything changed like i remember you mentioned yeah. giving like uh, there was a, a documentary you had seen like a metallica documentary oh dude that was it that was it I, I, a year and a half in the life of metallica what a fucking great documentary that was i see that and it was like exactly it hit everything you know uh, all the studio stuff um all the rehearsing the, the the shows the touring you know the whole thing i didn't know what that was at first and yeah. when i saw that i was like dude that's exactly what i want to do like that was it solidified it i don't know if i was maybe 12 or 13 and from that moment on, it was like one track mind, you know, like that's it, that I'm going to do that. And did you, yeah, I mentioned your brother, but I, I think there was also other family members too that there was music in your family. My, my grandfather uh, was like a prodigy uh, trombone player in Italy. Like he played like in the, in the bands at like nine years old, you it's know, crazy. It, it's pretty crazy. I still have pictures uh, of him and, um, and he played in the, um, I think Banda Gentile, you know that Italian okay. marching band, the Italian marching okay. band here. He played in that as well. But like um, in the house, there was like, you know, opera and all that type of stuff. So I still remember some days no one was home. You know, my, my grandfather lived with us and he was pretty, I don't want to say a mute, but he never spoke. He was kind of like a weird character. You know, he would just sit there all day and either just hold music and read it or you'd hear opera playing in his, from his room. Okay. And the whole house would be empty and dark and I would hear this opera playing in the house. It's kind of like... It does something to you. It's kind of trippy, you know? Yeah. So um, pretty dramatic, I would say. You know, it's like the whole, you hear like opera in this like kind of big house, you know, like reverberating through the wall, through well, the walls and stuff. Well, hearing the, the recent stuff of Chronicles, I can see where there's that element of the drama, the operatic feel to it. So maybe that's maybe, where it comes you from. Know, now that you're saying this, yeah. it's like, I, I like, can see the kind of a connection there that maybe there's that element of your grandfather, kind of all that influence is showing up now. Maybe. I mean, um, Classical music or whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, orchestral music, uh, symphonic music, whatever you call it, was always interesting. I never really studied it. You know, like I went to Vanier for a couple of years, but I, I, I wanted to be like Dream Theater. You know, they said, oh, yeah, we went to Berkeley, but we dropped out. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go to Vanier and just drop out. You know, like, <laughs> dude, why don't you just get your degree? Why don't you just stay? I know. I no, I went like... to like Dawson, hung out with my drummer, Max. I would go to, I would go there and hang out. Like, dude, you're in Vanier. Like, why don't you just... Like, yeah, and it was great music, and it has its part, like, it has its ups and downs as a program. But it was a lot of great musicians came out of this place. I just have an aversion to school. Like I just like I don't yeah. like restricted environments. You know, um, I I think I spent one semester doing well because at that time <laughs> my dad was like, I don't understand. You want to do music? You're in music school and you're failing. Call like I don't get what do you? You know, he never understood. And I remember having yelling matches, dude. Like 
I'm gonna get signed to a major label and I'm gonna fucking tour and I'm gonna I'm gonna be like in a rock band. Yeah. Yelling, yelling matches, dude. That's crazy. Finally, like quit, dropped out, whatever. Cause I remember being like home and like leaving at one o'clock. It's like, are you even going to school anymore? Like, what yeah. are you doing? You know, you're not, a, you know, like, you're not a kid, you know, you're like whatever, 18 years old or whatever. And um, yeah, dude, uh, first show he saw the next day, I remember waking up and there was like 50 bucks under my coffee cup, you know? And what did he say? Cause my dad loves music. He yeah. watches all the shows, you know, Sanremo and all that stuff. Um, you know, when we were younger, it was like, you know, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, whatever, playing at home on. Yeah. He, he didn't have a huge collection, but there he was a little it. bit of, yeah, there was a little bit of music. He loves live shows. He loves that stuff. So when he saw it, he was like kind of tripped up because he had no idea where the hell I was going every day. Yeah. Dude, we were rehearsing like six hours a day, six days a week. I was, I was really brutal. You know, Jeff and I were really brutal and, um, and the bands we were in were pretty serious. Like we, we yeah. were on the same page, you know, like each guy in that band wanted the same thing. And we made it a point six days a week, six hours a day. We're there. Holy we're writing. Shit. We're practicing. We're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. It was like all planned out. I had a lot of mentors. I had it like uh, Blake Lemure who was um, in metal bands back in the day was sort of like our manager and I would hang out with him a lot. And he was like uh, very supportive and very like, he would tell me, you got to do this, got to do this. So every kind of like band or, you know, um band we were in you know uh, our drummer's brother george he helped a lot too all these all these great people around us even when i worked at Etown melody you remember that music store yeah of course that was my first job working in stock you know oh, pat yeah, olivier think... all these guys are still like my brothers they were yeah. like my mentors you know so they kind of guided me and and like showed me what to do and i would read every magazine and i would call slaves on dope i, I remember calling kevin and and jason and the uh the dudes in um scrum muffin you know rico and coco yeah. just asking a million questions it's so constantly it's so know? crazy man because you know there's two types of people i felt like it's funny i you know there's a lot of people that will kind of keep to themselves and say so they don't want to ask for the help because oh, they, they, they felt weak or whatever it was oh, so no. for you it was the opposite you you kind of went and said okay i'm gonna go ask the people that are doing shit that i want to do one day yeah and see what they're doing yeah. and the funny part is, is they actually all responded and probably helped you dude i'm like Hey, what's up, Frank? It's like, yeah, what's up? It's like, hey, dude, I have your, your cassette. Uh, I love your band, man. You know, and uh, like, how do you do this? <laughs> and, you know, I would call Coco and be like, dude, how do you do this? What's up with this? What's up with that? And um, would read every music magazine, every Metal Edge, everything, just like absorbing every piece of information I can find. What is the path? Where yeah. is the path to the There's an answer deal? somewhere here. Dude. And then, so now that you, so you went through this whole process of yeah. kind of, information overload you're working your ass off and this so which band was this because i know there was um it, we were called like you know um headspace back it, in the day okay that's all right because i remember yeah. it being pulse ultra but then the album was headspace yeah but then it was headspace before pulse ultra, so, so i wasn't sure like, i'm not sure if i'm allowed saying anything but there okay. was like a really stupid reason why we couldn't keep the way the, the name headspace okay which looking back i could have paid for it okay it's always like that you make it such a big deal and it was probably not as big of a deal but anyways i just uh, uh, it's like ridiculous. We could have. It was a really good name, you know. Yeah, that, that's why. Because I had, I remember the name Headspace. Yeah. But then I think Zoe was a singer, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And Zoe was cousins with my bass player, and that's how I kind of started hearing about you guys more. And I was like, oh fuck, like, 
Okay, like yeah. it was cool, and I was hearing all these amazing stories about you guys yeah. getting signed to Atlantic, yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, wow. And I remember I talked with Jay, and I was like, man, that must be so fucking cool. Like it was hard because, like, you know, we're in Montreal. We didn't play a lot of shows. I didn't want to sort of like burn out, you know, the city because you want to have like, uh, you want to make each show an event. You want to make a special. Yeah. So we played a bunch of smaller shows and stuff like that. But like when we started doing like more shows like our you know our headspace or Paul Rogers shows or whatever we would plan them out you know make sure that like uh the set list was tight and different yeah you know and and we would like um you know do whatever we, uh, we whatever we could do to sort of make it like a special event so people would actually care and want to come you know yeah. and then um dude i would just made a pretty sick press kit and i would just sneak my way backstage slipknot <laughs> like just hang out what backstage yeah, like, what's up man hey uh jim you want to listen to our cd man he's like who the hell is this kid you know like where the hell <laughs> you come from <laughs> this fucking guy like i made it backstage to like the uh, incubus in toronto jeff and i just like walked in and like hung out with them and then i remember them even saying hey dude you sounds really good whatever you know it's like cool you know nothing happened and then Taproot was the sort of like that knock on the door that answered, you know. I was about to say, who was the band that was there a band that opened the door for you guys to yeah. walk into Atlanta? I was Taproot, you know, like uh, I brought them uh, a six pack of beer. I think Mike thought I was a, a runner for the club. So I walked on the bus, a six pack of Heineken. That was a story. And I gave him our press kit, hung out with him, hung out with the whole band. And then uh, that night after the show, he's like, dude, call this number, call our manager. Sorry. No way. <laughs> call our manager, you know. All right, cool, man. You know, he was listening to our CD, actually listening to it. That's and, crazy. Um, yeah. I, man, what were you thinking? Because back then, like all these magazines you're reading, all this shit that you're doing, the six hours a day, six days a week, and now you got the call. Now you got the call. Like, I was high on Percocet. <laughs> Dude, it's, that's an honest answer. So and, I, and, and it was like legal because I had my wisdom teeth pulled out. It was my birthday. <laughs> and my dad was like, either you go get this now or like insurance is over now. Like you're turning 21. You got to do it before your birthday, this, that, whatever. Got the wisdom teeth pulled out. Oh, man. All delirious. Amazing moment and terrible at the same time. Telling everybody I love them. Hi, I'm Percocet at home. Just like like not knowing what the hell is happening. I check my email and I see an email from a manager, you know, like saying, hey, dude, you know, Mike told me about this. Call me, you know, whatever. want to talk. Next day, call him up. He's like, we like demo, whatever. And then from then on, every week there was a development. You know, send us a video. Send us more songs. We're going to come out. We're going to watch you. We want to see you guys. So manager actually ended up flying out to see us we had to put a show together for him and um from that point i basically hit up our lawyer chris taylor who was in toronto and um like top entertainment lawyer who i ended up meeting at north by northeast because jeff and i would go to toronto to go to like canadian music week yeah north by northeast do the whole like schmooze thing to try to meet people try to like hang out do whatever yeah and i ended up meeting chris and he was nice enough to take our press kit and then um, you know, when Velvet Hammer called us, I called Chris and said, you know, it looks like we have some interest. So next, next, you know, we kind of have this like sort of team like right away. And, um, and that was it, dude. Then we, we, uh, we showcased for Atlantic a couple months, like a few months later. And, um, it was insane. Uh, Ian Thornley was there. Who's like my idol, dude. Wow. You know, like, and they knew that we loved him, you know, and he ended up coming to Ted's Wrecking Yard, this small club in Toronto on a Tuesday afternoon. Come watch you guys. Like freezing. Yeah, there was like five like, people in the audience. It was just industry people with our lawyer, you know, Atlantic was there, whatever. And we showcased, went across the street and they're like, you know, we love it, this, that, whatever. And ended up getting a deal a few months later. We had to continue writing. You know, our management wanted us to like write as much as possible. Um, and, and a couple more demos later, you know, we, we did a deal with Atlantic, which was pretty huge. Yeah. Like, okay. 
just one second, just to pause for a sec, because there's so much that happened. Yeah. And then there's all this work, all that shit that, that you put time and effort. And now you're there, you're signing this document, you know, like yeah. this is the thing that you've been dreaming of since when, like 11 years old or yeah. you know, and how old were you at that time? We were 21, man. So uh, it's like yeah. a 10 year road trip of getting there, like with the ups, the downs, the disappointments, the fucking, yeah. everyone goes through all that stuff, but now you're there and really it's the first step. It's like, it's oh, not yeah. that you made it. It's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. first step. Yeah. So how was that process of recognizing that that thing that you were hoping for, you finally arrived, but you realize that it's just a door that you're walking through into a completely new journey? I mean, it's like, it felt like I won the lottery. That must have been an amazing feeling. I, w- I was on a, a whole other level because you're like, it happened. This, it <laughs> like, it happened. No, but dude, that was like a what? dream that I had. So, dude. I, 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 you know, to this day, no matter what, you always ask yourself, imagine if I would have ever had that moment, like even just that one moment in the sun. And I think anyone that really cared about playing music or played in a band and wrote something, if you ever did it and you cared about it, that must have been, that's a moment that everyone wishes they had and, and you've had it, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, it's always something to, it's always an interesting thing to learn yeah. someone that actually walked through that path. It's, it's heavy. It's heavy. Cause like when you're a kid, you're like praying about it constantly. Yeah begging writing it down just like visualizing it doing whatever you can and next thing you know you have all that stuff you wanted you have the guitar deal you have all the you know uh, all the uh, gear endorsements magazine covers the whole thing it changes your brain and i, was I think to say how did it i think it, it it was great but like it definitely uh changes the way you look at things and mm-hmm. then um that type of roller coaster the up and down the up and down for a few years and then you get dropped because you know, sec- first record didn't sell mm-hmm. uh, what they expected it to sell. So much money put behind it, so much um, tour Time. support and all that stuff, you know. Um, and then you write another record. No, they're not down. You get dropped. 2004. Like, it's only been a couple of years, man. You know, and you just, yeah. and then what? And you're only 25. Not or... even, man. I was yeah. just like, what what's happening now? What do you, now, now what? And you're still on this high, you yeah. know, like, where you, you think... Everything is just sort of like rolling the way it should roll. Like, uh, wait, this should happen, and why aren't we doing this? And and then you get angry, and there's a lot. It's like very like it the becomes, tension comes in. Yeah, because you have a huge ego. You think it's just just gonna continue. Yeah. Like, what do you mean it went away? You know. And then we ended up working with Lucas Rossi, like right after that, um, to try to maybe get him to be the the singer of Pulse Ultra. But instead of that, we decided to do a new band. Okay. It was called Rise Electric for a little while. Okay. Same thing there, back and forth to Toronto for like a long time, um, trying to make that happen. Wrote a lot of music. And then, um, you know, no deal came out of that. But he ended up going to do the Rockstar Supernova with like, you know, Tommy Lee and all that I was, stuff. You know, I went to a recording of that. It's funny. In know, LA? You know, went like, to that? You saw, you I, saw I, Lucas? I saw Lucas Rossi. He sang, I think it was Creep. <laughs> yeah. On that, that was album. the first show. I think it was uh, one of the... Was, I don't no, remember no, what, that wasn't the first one. The that, first one was Billy Idol track, I think he did. Fuck, I don't remember. But I remember Creep for some reason. So I yeah, think we yeah. were at that episode. And we went there. And I remember I was like... in just in awe because to me, Jason, you said, you know, Metallica was a huge fan. Then there was Tommy Lee, Gilby Clark. I was yeah. like, holy fuck. It was, it, to me, it was a dream. And I remember we went to go and watch the episode and then we we met them after after the show. And, you know, Tommy Lee was exactly like Tommy Lee. Like yeah. there is camera or no camera, yeah. he's that guy. But it was, I was shocked because Jason Newsted was like a bit of a dick. 
And I was like, hey, maybe it was a bad day. Who knows, right? Like, he don't fucking know. Like, so, but when you're a kid, you're like, well, Jason Houston. I thought he was a nice guy in Metallica, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was a crazy experience. So that's when you just drop like Lucas Rossi's name. It, it literally brings me back to, you know, that that day of like seeing this and saying, oh my god, imagine being that guy that gets selected. He was to- living at my house, dude. Like, Is that crazy? What a crazy like, like small world. We were going to Toronto back and forth for a long time, and then uh, EMI was. He had a, he had a deal with EMI. They were kind of funding uh, that whole thing with us. They were trying to make it work, and then you know he ended up moving to Montreal, living at my house for a while. Oh, he moved to Montreal. For yeah, a like I were, didn't know that. Yeah, he came to Montreal. Like, look, we're gonna give it another another go because we were you know it wasn't kind of working out at the end. Um, but then he ended up staying at my house, and then when I decided to sort of like just do my own thing after that it was like you know it's time for everybody to go home you know <laughs> everybody yeah. has to leave the house you know and then he ended up saying hey dude i got the call for this i'm like you, i told him you have to go because you're gonna win you're gonna oh, yeah. you're gonna win bro you, he, so yeah, I was gonna say that, dude, that conversation. He's the best. He's the best. You're yeah, he was. He was. He was. Out of the, all the contestants, he was like, definitely a bar. But i told him you have to go. You're gonna win. It's crazy because <laughs> we were tripping out like. My 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 um, ex wife girlfriend at the time we were at my place we were watching him on st- and almost crying I was so happy for him man I was like this kid's like this is where he needs to be like this is what should be happening you know that's amazing yeah it was great and uh, lucky enough uh, one of the tracks that we had played uh, in Rise Electric Headspin he ended up making as the the lead single for, <laughs> uh, lead single for that uh, project so that was cool to see you know that how, was pretty how pretty is it like as a writer now from a writer perspective yeah. seeing some of your idols yeah. playing your song. It was, they changed a couple things, but it was still weird. It was still cool. You know, it was like, wow, that's pretty sick. You know, like. And, you know, but I remember there at one point, sorry, just to kind of jump back to something. Yeah. When you guys were touring, you guys had met a ton of people because you were on Ozfest, if I remember right. Yeah. And that, did that open the door for you now on building? Because then you ended up going into a band with, you know, the guitarist system of down. Yeah, yeah. You know, was that, did, did that happen through the connections from Ozfest? How did that, how did that Same happen? Same management because, uh, um, Taproot was the second signing to Velvet Hammer, but System of a Down was uh, Velvet Hammer's first signing, you know? Okay. Because Bino, um, David Benvenisti is like a genius manager, huge manager, you know? And um, he basically made System of a Down happen, then he, ha- he had Taproot, then he had us. So we were just three bands on that uh, oh, wow. management uh, okay. for a while. And then in 2008, I think it was, I remember... Um, um, I got a call from them and they said, hey, do you know any bass players? Because they knew like I was like the schmooze guy 5000, dude. Like <laughs> I was the guy hanging out with every band. I was like knocking on doors. Yo, let's go. Let's hang out. Like I was like that annoying loudmouth, you know, that would just hang out with every band. And it's like, oh, fuck just it wanna, paid off, dude. Just you ended up meeting, But you also made, you made so many people, you met so many people in the process. And, yeah. You know, it opened up the doors for you when, when Pulse Ultra didn't end up going the way yeah. you planned. Yeah. It, it was cool because when I got the call... Um, I remember it was like, I think it was maybe like a Sunday dinner at my, my parents' place, you know? And, um, it's always like, Sundays. Italians is You have to, you're going to die. You'll <laughs> it's be like fucking you'll religion. Be, you'll be killed if you don't go. <laughs> when I told my family that I was done, I said, I'm not coming anymore. <laughs> Why? Okay. Because they used to do it Tuesday nights. Dude, that's sacrilege. It's yeah. Sunday. It's like Sunday lunch or dinner. Yeah. So it was like Tuesday nights. Everyone was exhausted. Like no, no one looked like, good. you know, like it would be a no- times where you could see everyone's tired. I said, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm I'm out like that because I don't out. want a beer, but it's like everyone's tired. It's like it's not a good time, you know. Yeah, yeah. My mom and my dad were like, "What? Yeah. No, 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 no! What do you mean you're not coming?" And then you're not. It's like, it's like anyways, dude. That's already said the Sunday. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I got the call, and they're like, uh, "Dude, we know you're like 
like again schmooze guy you know like you know do you know any bass players you know i'm like what's it for it's for uh you know darren and john they're doing scars on broadway i'm like i want to do it first thing i said yeah. like, you want to you want to play bass in this i'm like dude 100 i love those guys of course yeah. i want to do it you know uh, all right i'll get back to you and i think that day they're like yo they're down if you want to come try out so i had to i went out there try it out and um how was it though because you, you've been a guitarist this whole time i'm not saying yeah, that i mean it's there's similar there's similar elements but there's an element to bass that makes bass very unique too so yeah. did you feel uncomfortable at the beginning no i just like um i just i wanted to be you know i obviously looked up to darren and his songwriting and everything you know yeah and i was like dude like i'll learn so much you know like uh playing with these guys i, I don't care like i'll do what it takes i, I want to go like be a part of this it's like the music's gonna probably be freaking amazing you know and um yeah i had to do an audition video i i i don't remember what song i played i did like an audition video and i sent it out and then um went out to la did an audition and then it was between me and another dude they chose that other dude okay and i was like i was like all right cool man whatever you know and then a week later they fired that dude and they called me to go out so i was like all right, whatever, you know, like I'm not putting any hopes in, you know, up, yeah. you know, at that point I was like, I was doing Chronicles anyway. I was going to say, cause you started Chronicles that yeah. period. It's like my solo record, but it yeah. was still like a band, but it was so difficult to get it off the ground. You know, uh, my cousin was funding it and then, you know, couldn't put too much more money into it. And, um, you know, I had a really great band, really super cool guys and everything, but, um, you know, couldn't really afford to play and tour. It's like a lot more expensive than people think, yeah. you know? And, um, we don't realize that you think it's a music thing, but there's a production behind there, there's all this stuff, stuff. There's stuff to pay yeah. for and stuff to do. And I wasn't really working. And it's like, you know, it was it was hard. So when I got the call to do Scars, I was like, I have to go. I'm not going to not go do this, you know? Yeah. So I went out and um, and then, yeah, ended up like uh, touring some pretty cool tours, you know, went to Europe and everything. Uh, was but back out. You played with Metallica. You played a few yeah, things with Metallica. Was, I think it, that, I don't remember if that was the first or second incarnation. I think it was the first, yeah, it was the first incarnation. We did like uh, three three shows with Metallica. One was at the Wiltern, okay. which was like the Silver Lake Foundation, that, uh, Flea's Silver Lake music. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing. Okay, I heard about that. It was like a, um, like a fundraiser, you know, at the Wiltern. It was just like Scars opening for Metallica. It was crazy. Okay, it just to pause for a second, because yeah. now you watch that video, you watch that documentary at 11 years old. Yeah, watching a year in a in the year and a half in the life of Metallica, and now you know that you're sharing a stage with them. I wouldn't say I'm just the dude hired playing. Uh, yeah, playing but bass, you still, but, but and like I, just, I never really even spoke. Okay, to those okay. Guys. I was gonna say, did you get a chance to meet them or speak no? With I them? mean, okay. Rob, the bass player, um, was on Ozfest with us because he was with Oz. He was playing yeah. with. Um, it was Ozzy's uh, bass yeah. player. Yeah, uh, he's always been so nice, so cool. You know. Um, but it's not as if okay. these guys would know who the hell I am. You know, okay. it's like, whatever. I wasn't sure because you were, you were the schmoozer. Yeah, I so was, I was like, but not you... with those guys. <laughs> I was like, did you bring a, a six-pack like, to Metallica? Okay. And then walk away, like, don't bother them, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay. what are you going to say to them? Yeah. You know, it's just like, um, at, at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. It was super cool, dude. You learned so much, and it, it was a trip, you know, to be back and playing with like the big boys, you know, and being like, I used to watch System every day from behind John's drums on Ozfest. Um, from watching them to like being on stage, on with, stage them. with them, looking at them, looking at Darren and being like, wow, dude, like this is insane. I, I was gonna say, like those moments, like, you know, I, I'm not a person that I, I don't think living in the past is, is a good thing. I think it's yeah. great to acknowledge, like, and appreciate it. Cause sometimes there's people that have gone through these, these, these moments, and then that's all they think about is just that. And yeah. I wish it could be that. But 
you had mentioned that it was tough at one point because it had calmed down. All the stuff was kind of slowing down from the, the magazine covers, yeah. all that stuff. And then it started picking back up. Yeah. Did you have a different appreciation for it? <laughs> When or did it? You just like it was almost the complete opposite. You didn't appreciate it at all. You know like we saying? were talking about before, uh, the concussion, yeah. because the the up and then the down yeah. is really hard. And you know, then you start going out and partying and all this to sort of like you know yeah. try to try to stay in that sort of like headspace of like you know uh, um, you know try to forget things, but also try to like stay like hyped up. You know, yeah. you go and you drink and you, you party and all that stuff like every night, and then you go back up. And then bang, you come back down. Like we were touring and then and then it just ended abruptly. You know, there was yeah. some stuff going on, you know, and scars just ended up stopping, you know, okay. out of the blue. And I remember having to go back to work at Etal Melody. And we were just got off a headlining tour in Europe. How, how was that, me- dude? Do you remember the club, The Medley? Yeah, for sure. We were booked at The Medley. Apparently, it was sold out. So come back, get the call that it's over, go to work at Etal Melody selling guitars. As I'm like, you know, putting on my backpack watching Music Plus, watching our videos, Scars on Broadway video on Music Plus. How? <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like, yeah, dude. Like th- watching yourself on TV, closing it, taking the bus to work. And for nine months, there were kids that would come in and be like, aren't you? And I'm not even lying, dude. Like almost every day. Oh, and man. I was like, I remember saying, uh, nope. And <laughs> I'd go walk away, you know? Talk about like Ego Smasher 5000, you know? Holy fuck. But, How did that, dude, that must have been, I, I must have been friends. fucking tough, man. I just packed my backpack with Chronicles albums and stickers and just made friends with a ton of new people. Yeah. And would just, you change your attitude and your perspective. You know, you're like, you know what? I love the people I work with. These guys are freaking awesome. We laughed every day. Yeah. These People that would come in and, and and say something, I would hang out with them while I'm selling them a guitar. We'd yeah. hang out and I'd make a new Chronicles fan and like make but, friends with these people. I'd be like, yo, cool dude, whatever. Like, who cares? Isn't you perspective know? on life like that's the funny thing about it? Is you could have taken that moment and completely gone on a fucking shitstorm and just like completely shelter yourself from everything. Instead, you kind of looked at it from a different angle and said, you know what? I've actually maybe I've had experiences that people have never had in their life and I'm working on a new project, which is the yeah. Chronicles project. And yeah. I read a bit about it, you know, cause I had, I'd always wondered where the project, how it started. Yeah. And I'd read about it, that it was kind of like with anime. Yeah. Involved. I was, re- you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah. Well, I what's never, the story behind it? I have no that? idea why I was into anime. I don't like anime. <laughs> I was like, what? I, would, I started I reading about it. this. I said, what the fuck? I said, he must've been on something. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Like bad <laughs> life choices, <laughs> bad life habits. I'd be watching it and I was like, this is sick. This is really cool. And then after a while, I'd be like, I have no idea what this is. Like, I yeah. don't understand. I don't even understand. So I kind of stopped watching it. But the beginning was like a lot of like this. It's so violent. It's insane. You know, it's insane. So I started getting all these cool images. and like, God, oh, this could be cool. So I, when I was conceptualizing the project and writing and all that stuff, yeah, that was a big influence with the makeup and all that type of stuff. Yeah. After that, I was like kind of dropped it pretty fast yeah uh but uh yeah I, I was working there and uh i was married at the time and i was pretty much in a good like i'm kind of in a was in a decent mood like it was yeah. okay it was like whatever i had a band you know i was playing with justin all those dudes and it was a lot of fun you know there was there was like more good times and bad times you know yeah. I, I was working there and like that's where i met jules you know got closer to jules too and dave Trena and all these dudes yeah I was, man i love these guys you know yeah. so it's like your life is good. You actually realize like your life is good. Like who gives, who cares if you're like playing right now or whatever. It's so fucked up when you start recognizing that life isn't 
as because you make it out to be that it's terrible unless it's this. Yeah, and I never had that ego of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a like rock star guy. You know, like yeah. maybe I looked like it, but but I I never really th- I don't think that way. You know, like it's funny. I, but- I like people. Like I like my you know friends and stuff. Like I, every time I would meet somebody that was into the band, I'd be happy. I'd be like, we became friends. You know, be, I became friends with like most of the dudes that liked uh, Chronicle and stuff like that. You know, and people whatever. And so, you know, we recorded and we pl- we got our, our um, um, you know, a bunch of demos done and stuff like that. And then I got the call to go to, I went to Iraq like twice yeah. around that time. That was crazy. You got but the call. But you went as what? As Chronicles? As, okay, so or? I got the call because uh, one of the dudes that played in Scars ended up meeting some people that were going out there. And it was basically Scars, but Darren didn't come. So, okay. you know, um, we went out there, we played like a bunch of covers for like a couple weeks, you know? That's crazy. It, it's insane. You're like in, a, in like one of those like military helicopters, you know, like without the, the Blackhawks. Yeah. I was so, say, how's that whole experience? It's like you're going into a fucking movie scene. Dude, at first I was nervous because I have celiac. What the hell am I going to eat? <laughs> it's funny. I didn't even think of that. I packed you know, my suitcase full of like just food, bread, protein. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like bread and like all that. I was all nervous. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. Um, go out there. Um, you know, it's, pr- I don't want to say emotional, but you meet these soldiers and you're like, you're like, dude, man, these guys are like great people, you know? Yeah. And like, it, you really have to be there and talk to these dudes to be like, man, like, I'm really happy I came here and I'm happy that we got to play for them and, you know, it made them happy for like a little, a little while. And how was that perspective? Cause you know, we always think life is certain, you know, it's hard, it's tough. I, I get it, whatever, you know, there is an element of being of toughness, but then you go into a scenario like that where you're dealing with soldiers that are completely away from home. There's in the middle of a fucking shit storm that's happening out in the in middle East. And now you're seeing life from a, a completely different angle. You know, that usually does have an impact. Like, has yeah. that has has that moment for you completely changed your point of view on things, or or definitely opened up your eyes on something? You know what, man? I always wanted to be in the army when I was a kid. I always played army. Like, I always played, act like a soldier. Had I used to go get like army surplus helmets, like Korean helmets, and you know, I was like that weird kid. You know, like playing. Why are you playing? I don't understand you. You know, like watching all the war movies. Like, yeah, it's weird. But I always wanted to do that, but. I couldn't, right? right? I was a sickly kid. Like, what are you going to do? What are you yeah. going to do? So in a way, I was kind of like lucky to be able to go and be uh, in that environment and see meet these these people, you know? And like, these are like warriors, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like these are like some of the strongest, smartest people. People don't realize that. Like, you got to be out there. You're a highly trained individual to go out there and, and do this, man. You know, you're a tough person. <laughs> you know, you're not like some wimpy ass dude. You know, that's just like talking shit all day. Like you're out there, man, risking your life. Yeah, you know? and it's, it's like, for real. It's, and it's for real. And you believe. And the thing is like, I don't like war, of course, obviously, because yeah. if you really understand the military industrial complex, we're not going to go into yeah. all that. But like, I don't, I don't really like, like getting into that topic because I don't know, I don't understand it enough or yeah. know it it's enough. It's complex. It's too complex. Yeah. All I could say is I got to shoot military grade fully automatic weapons which was the sickest experience of yeah, my life I, I shot machine guns in vegas dude it was insane and i can't dude. even imagine the military grade shit so in your brain you're like this is sick and then at the same time there's this cognitive dissonance because it's like this is meant to shred people alive the, and you're just like that, that, you know, i don't know what i think about this it's you know it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that I, I i thought i had this great fucking idea once um my girlfriend you know try to get new ideas of like <laughs> What to do for birthdays and shit. <laughs> so, I don't like where this yeah. is going. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Let, let's go to a shooting range. 
and she's never done this before. I had done it in Vegas. It's fun, whatever. Let's go do that. And uh, it didn't go as planned. <laughs> it did not go as planned. <laughs> she took one shot. She's like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like these things kill people. Yeah, Why? She lost, she it. lost it. She just gave it. She like teared up. She's like, yeah. I really can't do this. She's like, if you want, you could shoot the rest. I'm like, fine. Give it. And I lost my shit shooting it. But yeah. it was just like, it backfired. This gift for her did not go well. So yeah. it, it's true because then when you put it into context, you're like, this thing is not made to like, you know, it's not recreational. Have, it's not recreational. <laughs> like usually in general, something bad is happening, yeah. you know, when you're doing it. And so it's it's definitely like, it's funny you say that, that you 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 have this weird like dissonance going on of this is fun, but this could really hurt someone. You Dude, know I, mean? I shot a, a, a 50 cal off an MRAP, which is like, oh like an armored personnel carrier, you know, it's like a butterfly trigger or whatever into a sand pit. The bullets are like that big or whatever. One shot and my ear was ringing because my, my headphones weren't tight enough. Oh, and I'm man. already paranoid of my, for my hearing, you know. Yeah. So I was like, I'm good, man. <laughs> Thank you. I went down. I sat down just like. Oh, my God. This is every day. That's dude, these guys are like shooting 50 cows. Like, you know, like yeah, pretty insane stuff. We did it twice. Went in 09 and 2010. And um, got, to, got to, you know, shoot those weapons and everything both times, which was a, a lot of fun. Um but yeah, it was it was like a, a pretty amazing experience, man. You know, but now you know it's like you, you've gone through all this. You had this these highs, the lows, then these kind of um, you know appreciative moments of going into those into those things, like in, going to Iraq. But you're always in the music element, yeah. you know. And like you had said, that all of a sudden there was a period where that kind of stopped being as enjoyable. And maybe yeah. this is where I don't know if you want to dive into that or not. It's up to you, but. You had felt like maybe there was you had hit like a peak, or what was it, what was um, it that you felt maybe that was later because I was still you know um, still fighting to move forward, you know. So uh, I did one another incarnation of Chronicles uh, around 2010, yeah, and it didn't it still didn't work out. Okay, so um, I ended up I was I always end up writing records twice. That's uh, a problem. What do you mean? Like, like you literally I, write the album I, twice? Itself? Yeah, like I do the whole thing and I'm like, I don't think this is right yet. You know, and then like kind of like redo it and then redo it a million freaking times. It happens all the time. I don't know what my problem is, you know? What do you but do you think it's an element that you're hearing something that is just not coming out or you're just not satisfied with it? Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what really what it is. It takes me a million years to, to do stuff, you know? Okay. Um, but then like, uh, I got divorced in like 2012, but before that, around 2011, I ended up, uh, going out to LA and spending a lot of time there and doing session work. That was probably okay. some of the funnest time. Oh, that's in my amazing. Life. I had so much fun. Um, I was, you know, living with my buddies and stuff like that. It was like on and off. I came, I came back quite often, you know? Um, but I was doing a lot of sessions and that's when I ended up playing on the Billy Ray Cyrus record, which was cool. I didn't, that, I met him like for like three seconds one time. Yeah. But you're you're in studio with other like engineers and musicians, so but it was a, a, a I thought it was a great record and it was a lot of fun to play on that. So I, I learned about um, you know, I don't want to say studio musician because I wasn't I was just like working with a few really cool producers and that's where I met my buddy Chad and he ended up producing the second Chronicles record um at my buddy Brandon's house. That's where I met, you know, um I was playing with his wife Becky at the time as well okay. in her band. So it was like so much fun. So, so much stuff came out of this. Hollywood like... Hills after a Deftones tour with Scars, you know, recording the album. It was so much fun. It was amazing. And uh, yeah. Did that kind of we... reconnect you with with the, like, did that kind of satisfy you where it's like, hey, I'm not going to be the guy in the front. I'm like yeah. being on the background of it. 
is just as enjoyable because I'm part of this process. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wanted to be in in the studio and be busy, you know. Yeah. So it would be like because after the second incarnation of of Scars, when when Darren put the band back together in 2012. Um, I was doing sessions and then Scars was coming back. So that 2012 was like a, a pretty big year, yeah. you know? We ended up doing a Deftones tour and dude, I had posters of Deftones in my room. I know, that's it's crazy. When I when I saw I some of the like tours that you've been on, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, these are the names that you're growing up and you're like, these were posters. These yeah. like every like band that I saw on that list of, of tours, I'm like, holy fuck. Like I, I either had a poster or I read an article about them in Metal Edge, like, and you're playing, you're playing dude, with them. I idolized Gino, man. You know, That's like, crazy. I, I, like I remember, you know, every time I felt sick, like not, I would put on like uh, around the fur. You know, yeah. I would put on like white pony every time I didn't feel good. I would mm. and I would be energized. Oh God, it was I like medicine. If I haven't heard that shit in such a long time, but yeah, dude, yeah. It's, so it's we crazy. ended up doing a tour with them, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I got to you know see those guys every day, and then um, I got to watch Coachella at Chino's house. He called us over to go hang out. And I was like, I, I can't trip. believe this is happening. That, I was going to say, can't well, believe this is what happening. are you doing? <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, if you can remember, like, even just walking there. He's it, so chill. He's such a cool, cool dude, you know. Um, we just had a lot of fun. Just watched Coachella and had a couple laps. And then, my, you know, Danny and I went home. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> it's so funny because you always think it's going to be these epic things. Yeah. It's like, you just hung out. and then yeah. that's, it's the That day was end. epic. That, to me, that was like, I'm never going to forget that. It was so much fun. It was so cool. And, um, and that's it, dude. Then after that, we... Finished the finished the Chronicles record that was probably like November ish, and then this is album two or album. Yeah, the second album. Okay, uh, Chad produced it, recorded it. Uh, Becky produced all the vocals. So uh, again, those times are gonna always like be probably some of my best times of my whole life. You know, yeah. the vibe of those people is just they're my family for life. You know, and um and I came back. Uh, Visa expired in like 2013. And so I came back and then like, I went back and forth a few times just to like go to Nam and stuff like that. Uh, but then I decided I'm just going to work on Chronicles. So I yeah. finished the record, uh, Chad mixed it, you know, had this it all album done. three now we're talking. Uh, the, the second oh, one. Oh, this is the second one. Yeah. Okay. And then we ended up, I ended up putting a really sick band together, still boys with all those guys and, um, you know, did a bunch of shows. But then at that point, that's when things started sort of like not going well, uh, physically and all that stuff. Yeah. Cause you know, the a deal didn't come. You know, a bunch of promises didn't happen. Yeah, and like the at disappointment a certain, was hard. It's too much after a certain point, man. You know, I, I like messed up my neck, head banging in a weird way. Okay, I hurt my throat. I thought I had a node on my vocal cords. Oh, shit. You know, so on top of having to kind of put everything together and have the pressure of having to be like the singer and the guitar player playing all that complicated crap that I wrote without singing. So I had to like, I did all this crazy guitar stuff and, and now you I can't have even to sing play over it. it. Or you got to get another guitarist to play all that stuff and you just fake in half of it. Can't do that. Yeah. So I would just sit there and slowly practice mouthing the rhythm over the guitar parts. And it took months oh, man. and months of practicing to be able to sing over the guitar parts at the same time. But I think that's actually good. A good it helped thing. you now. Dude, it's like, I think that was probably like the best thing that ever could have happened because you improve so much. You advance yeah. so much. It's, it's, your brain starts to like, you almost know. like a drummer in a sense where a drummer has like four different bodies almost when they're playing. Yeah. Their arms are completely independent. Their legs are independent. Their, yeah. Everything is, and then it becomes like now, I, I always found with guitar that was one thing is that you're not independent. It's like your guitar and you are in sync yeah. completely. 
So I always found that so amazing when you see people that can sing and play such complicated things on guitar because I, I can't sing. I suck at singing. And then on top of it, singing well on top of something complicated, it would just seem like... It was hard. It must it, have it been was fucking brutal. crazy. It was brutal. And I had really bad vocal technique too. So I would I hurt myself. Strain, yeah. So every time I swallowed, it hurt. I thought I had something wrong in my throat and I was too paranoid to go to the doctor. Yeah. So I had this problem, that problem, this problem. And at the end of that, when right after the release, instead of going really like aggressive at promoting it i i cut i cut it i said i'm done guys i can't do this anymore oh, yeah. <laughs> like, i i gotta sleep <laughs> like i gotta go to bed you how know? did everyone take that news i'm sure they were really disappointed because but i i you just had to i couldn't do it dude i couldn't i, I and this I, is what year now like this, this is, is end of 2016 okay so i was like and yeah, then when you had released the second album at that yeah point. that okay. was the second album, album release you know and everybody was like sort of like amped and really wanted to do stuff and we had a couple offers for a couple tours and i'm like how are we going to even do it yeah like my buddy marcos called me from pod he's like dude why don't you come out with us you know and everybody was all excited it's like dude how are we going to afford it yeah and then we're going to go do that we're going to come back in debt and then what yeah, so did you did you feel like at that point in life you had like a negative outlook? I was horrifically negative. Yeah. Like I was living at my cousin's house, thank God. He's like my my cousin is like my mentor, my you know, I love that dude. He saved me forever, you know. I had very bad I had very poor health uh choices and decisions and habits at that point. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just say, yeah. you know. So I'll just play guitar all day, go rehearse, do this, do that, whatever. It was it was like I thought I really hurt something in my neck. Yeah. I thought, you know, I was having migraines. I don't know what the hell was going on. Pain here, pain here. But I was like, dude, I have to fix one thing at a time here, man. You yeah. know? So it, it it takes a long time to sort of rebuild yourself, get back, to, like to get into shape. But it took years. It didn't just take like, oh, a few months later, I'm good. No, no, no. And I decided to in that point. Uh, at that point, I was playing with Curious Case with uh, Janney and Jules. Okay. And that was like a lot of fun because it was like, it wasn't my thing. It was our thing. So I didn't have yeah. so much pressure on me, but I was still a mess coming. I was like a mess a going baggage. into this and it wasn't fair to those guys either, you know? So yeah. we did a show and then in 20, early 2017 and after that, it was just like everything kind of went went like we downhill. Stop. I just, I was playing guitar and that's about it. I would just like maybe... It was like a crossroads in life at that point. Like, what do I do when I'm not, I, I know I need to do something, but I can't even take a step forward. Like go to the eye doctor, go to the dentist, go to, you know, maybe it's something. No, no, no cavities. 13 years later. I don't know how the hell that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like uh, go to the, go to the doctor. It's like, I don't think there's any nerve damage, but you need to go to physio. It might take you like five years to fix that. What are you talking about five years, bro? For real? Like, are you serious? You know, like pain where I have to make a fist. And dig it in my neck and like lie down and like push really hard. Because as soon as a pain would start, it would be like full-blown migraine. Yeah, because it connects. Everything's there. I thought I was, you know, he's like, well, you don't have a tumor. I'm like, okay, great. Wonderful. Check. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> thank you. you. Know? And so, yeah, it, it, at that point, it was a long process of just trying to get healthy. Yeah. So. Did you realize at that point that, because I know for me, like now, I'm realizing that the, one of the, like the pillars in my life is I have to be healthier. Dude, because if without that you're fucked it's you're, nothing it, it, man it, and i know it's like i'll oh, be like oh man you sound old it's not being old is that if you want to do anything if you feel like shit you're just not going to do anything it like everything else on that list scratch it it's fucking yeah. gone till you feel better if your head is hurting you your neck is hurting you whatever the story is the rest is not going to happen today yeah. so i find now for me every day that i don't do something from a physical standpoint if i'm not running or i'll do some weights but just something 
I know that I'm going to feel like shit mentally and even just physically, like the two of them, but mentally is the biggest one. Yeah. I know now when I'm not doing some sort of exercise, I literally feel like a fucking asshole. There's no blood flow. There's no blood flow. I feel like I'm stiff. Like mentally, I'm not as excited about the day. So I, I like you, you sound like you had like a whole period of like years where that shit had to take place. And I to was fix miserable. Yourself. I was going to say, so how did that, how did you realize, what was the breaking point? Because there's always like a breaking point where you say, this has to stop. Oh yeah, I was like, I want to hide under my bed. Yeah, like I, I was just like, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to think. Everything I was fake half the time because I was in pain all the time. Yeah, when you're in pain, you just you're a monster. Yeah, you're you know? an asshole. So, you're an asshole all the time, and it's like uh, you know taking Advil all the time that that messed up my stomach. So that you're in this sort of like vicious circle, man. It was it was really bad, and then. And then again, motocross saved, I think motocross saved my life. Saying, I'm not that... going to lie. God, yeah. obviously God, I'm a Christian. <laughs> that saved my life. He saved my life first. He put that sort of like um, awareness back into me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just remember like realizing that you can't ride a dirt bike if you're, if you're not fully healthy and strong and, and you'll kill yourself. And yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll kill yourself. You know, yeah. I remember once not being all there, you know, and, and riding and I heard a smack. I was like, oh, that's my head. I just fell and hit my head. You know, <laughs> on like yeah. a very simple turn going really slow, yeah. you know, at a track. And that's when I realized, all right, I think I have to change everything, like everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no more drinking, no more pain medication, no more nothing, 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 nothing. And um, and then, you know, you go from walking to bike riding to like running at four in the morning, like a psychopath in the streets. Yeah. You know, like. So isn't it a great feeling though? Dude. I used to get dressed. I thought I was like a like one of those like Navy SEALs, you know. I'd got all dressed up in black. It's like four thirty in the morning, and I'm running from my house to the Mesonov Park. It's like three kilometers. Like running there, running back. Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. You know, like. But you needed it though. I had no choice. I I was amped. I was. I wanted to r- be good at riding motocross, and yeah. um, you had a purpose again. You felt? Did you feel like you had oh, found yeah. a purpose again? I did, but then I ended up like, you know, every everything kind of goes uh, on the side. You know, like I wasn't really playing yeah. guitar much. Um, I wasn't really doing much besides that. Like, it was just like, how do I get good at this? Because there, people don't respect motocross riders the way they should be. They're probably the top athletes on the planet. You have to sustain like 150, 160 BPM heart rate or even higher for like a 30 minute yeah. moto. Like these guys- oh, are, race car drivers. I never respected race car drivers. To yeah. be honest, I remember when I was a kid, like with F1 and all that shit, I was like, what a stupid fucking sport. Yeah, just sitting there driving, just sitting bro. there driving a car. He was going to tell me that guy's an athlete, like whatever. Like, and then when <clears throat> when I started getting into F1, because the Netflix show a few years back, yeah. and I saw it, I said, holy shit, like this is, this is real. You know, this is one, it's every time you get on it, you could die. Like it's, that's just yeah. the one thing, like your chances of dying are higher than anybody else in the world right now. Yeah. And then two- you're doing this for such a long period of time. It's not yeah. a, a single lap. Yeah. You're doing this like for 42 laps or whatever the story is. So you have to sustain these vibrations and this speed and your head, the focus on it, it is absolutely insane. So hearing you say this and watching now this stuff and following it a little more, you're like, there's a high, there's such a high level of respect now for someone that rides a, a vehicle or a, or a, like a race car or fucking yeah. motocross, whatever it is, man. It's the next level shit. You think, oh, you're just on a bike. It's like, dude, like... The first year I just went twice, you know, because I went to X-Town and Mirabelle and took a lesson and then I went to SRA and those were like, just like, like trials, you know, like, even though I knew I was going to do it, I can, I can only go twice because I didn't know anybody, Yeah, you know, my you buddy. You feel kind of like, 
weird going there. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't even have a car. I yeah. couldn't even go anywhere. Yeah, I, I couldn't even get there. You yeah. know, my buddy Danny was, you know, um, um, you know, the reason why I was able to even go, and and um, my buddy Garen as well. You know, he brought me to X Town and stuff like that. If it wasn't for my friends, I wouldn't even been able to go. So yeah. I thanked them for that. And then the year after, when I bought my bike, uh, I only went like five times. But let me tell you, man, like after one ride at that point, I was dead for two weeks. I was so out of shape. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize that you're constantly using every single part of your body. Mm. And it's not a good feeling. It's like, and I wasn't doing any jumps. I was just trying to stay on the bike. Yeah. So all your stabilizer muscles, your legs, everything, your positioning, people have no clue how horrific it is on your body. Yeah. And you're on moving terrain that changes every time, right? So you're like, it's like constantly so slipping. You felt like shit. I felt, dude, I felt like. But you said I got to go back. I, I I knew I had to, I want I want to get good at this. Why? Because it's, it's, first of all, I think it's the most beautiful sport on the planet. I, I stare at, uh, like I watch all. Uh, motocross riders all the time on instagram i follow all these dudes even when i go to the track i go to the track like a couple times a week and i just watch and i just i'm, I'm still in awe i it love sounds, it it sounds very similar to kind of like when you started playing guitar yeah i like you were obsessed reading before music okay on top of that so it's i feel like a kid i feel like um I you feel rediscovered like, the passion from when yeah, you were a kid. yeah i feel like i'm like i'm like um i'm opening a portal back to my childhood every mm -hmm. time i go to that track you know and there's some guys that ride that are just so good, man. You're like, dude, you have no clue. Like they've been doing it since six years old, you know, and it's like nothing for them. And it's such a difficult thing. It's so hard. It's the hardest thing I ever did in my life, you know? And that's why I try to go as much as possible because you know that even if you suck that day, there's a programming happening mm -hmm. that you're going to get just a little bit better every time. And then there's maybe two laps of like the entire summer where I was like, I think I was decent, <laughs> yeah. you know? And like, you realize that your body gets so strong because that first couple of seasons, I was dead. Like the, yeah. my first full, full season in 2021, I was on a little Honda CRF 150, you know, like a, a trail bike, basically. I bought it and I said, I got to learn on this first because I got to learn on something that I can kind of handle, you know, like put both yeah. my feet down, you know? And so I, I did a first full season, you know, um, every weekend. And I met so many people. At first, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know what type of people motocross people are. I yeah. was basically alone at this point. Because well, you, you, you're walking into a whole culture. There's, there's you know, it's like. They were raised in that. Like people, they, you grew up at six years old. You know, you like everybody knows each other, you know, so. Well, it's kind of like when you look at it from a context of someone walking into the music world. Like if, you know, like now for them, they're walking into music world. If let's say they, they talk into you or, and that whole group of people that have been through all the ranks of it and so get out of your newbie. Yeah. No, dude, no, 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 but, but, but there is an element of that where people are, yeah. they feel like someone's going to say that to them because they're like, yeah. I don't belong. It's yeah. like an imposter syndrome. I still feel that way because there's dudes that are just like racing and I'm, I can't even imagine racing. Like, do you know what it takes with these guys? It's stressful not racing. Imagine putting now that there's literally that competition to win. It's not just completing the lap. It's to finish first. I look at it like you survived a lap. That's how that, it, and I've been riding for maybe a couple of years now, like three years now, like uh, every season, you know, like three, my third full season. And uh, last year I finally got on a big bike, a 250, you know, like um, a full motocross, you know, with full suspension and stuff like that. Like uh, not like the other bike I had. And um, it, it it's insane. It's insane. Like it's I can't. I I I I hope that I'm improving a little bit every day. And um, you know, some of my friends say, yeah, you know, like 
my friend Vero followed me on the track and she was like, man, you improved a lot, this, that. I'm like, I'm like, man, that's so good to hear, you know? Because you put I, so much effort in. And this, yeah. And it, it's, it's amazing because this is kind of like learning a whole new skill. And it brought you out of this shitty place yeah. where it forced you to get better. And then did this open up the James Bond project? Oh, dude. Or that was, was this? Before, I, I was okay, like, I was gonna say you gotta talk to people. Think James, I, I say it as a it's, joke. No, but it's fucking amazing. Yeah, like, I it's say it as a joke because I'm like, who's who's like who's gonna be your new like role model? I always thought about that, you know, because back in the day it was like you had Guitar Heroes or you had BMX Heroes, Motocross Heroes, and you're a kid or whatever. Who's like the ultimate hero, man? Yeah, like James Bond. Look <laughs> Every, at that. Everybody dude, wanted bro. to be James Bond. Every if you like. Watching all those movies, dude, <laughs> and everyone even has their favorite James Bond. Yeah. Like you, you could tell that someone's yeah. character by which fucking James Bond they like the most. Yeah. But everyone has one James Bond that they like. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think they're all badass. They're all cool, you know. And it, it is, it is a little cheesy here and there, but you know, I think it's, of course it's cheesy, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, come it's on, like, dude. Of course I want to wear a suit every day. Are you kidding me? Dude, like, <laughs> you don't want to fucking ride cars like that. Uh, fucking kick anyone's ass that shows up, uh, That's it. and then like go home and get laid by like the hottest <laughs> girls in the world. Like uh, it's like uh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with I, that. I, I think I could live with this life. Yeah, I think I could work. be James Bond. I could work, and you're fucking cool at the same yeah. time. Like you have everything. So anyway, I, I made that list, but it was just it's sort of like a bucket list. Yeah. At the same time as, as like a list that like, um, I I don't want to just. Uh, touch on these things oh i did it no i want to it's a list of things i wanted to integrate into my life that i wanted to do as this is part of me now so i said between 40 and 45 i got one year left turning 45 next year i want all this stuff that i wrote on the list to not just have been touched on but now they're integrated i'm good at these or i'm getting good at these they're part of the pie now part the part of my you know uh, uh everyday life like my weekly life or whatever and now you know the 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 friends that I made in motocross. I love I love them. I made so many great friends, uh, different walks of life, and you know, I I look forward to seeing them. I look forward to seeing the staff at X Town. I love them. Yeah. You know, it's like they're like yeah, they're it's, super it's, it's, cool people. You know, and it's like I have so much fun there every weekend. Sweltering heat yesterday, man. Like there were maybe ten people there, and even the st- Alex at the track was like, I can't believe you guys are riding today. You know, and he's <laughs> like a hardcore fuck. Dude, I can't even imagine how hot it was. It was. It took and half the hour heat to- from the bike. Oh, the heat from the outfit, the helmet, yeah. and it's like plus fucking a million. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you stop sweating like half hour after you stop. Like you're in the shade. Oh my god! And I was I just dripping, died. dripping, dripping. But I mean, the first couple times I, I, I think it was in 2019 when I went out. I had, I got heat stroke. I really didn't feel good. Yeah. Like I really didn't feel well. This is okay. 2019. You this said. is 2019. Okay. Like that time, I only went like five times, and then the year after, I, I went every weekend when it whether it was freezing cold, raining, or whenever if the track was open, I went. Same thing last year. Last year I went like 41 times. I've season pass. You know, wow. so uh, it doesn't matter how hot it is, and like all this crap about sunscreen. I don't buy it at all. I know. I don't. I don't wear sunscreen. Dude, I never wear sunscreen. I just I'm put like, a white towel over my head, wet it. I'm like, it's the sun. Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, this was here for like a fucking billion yeah. years. I don't it buy it. It gives you your vitamin D. Night. Like I don't know. I'm. I, I'm like, why would I buy something that has chemicals? Yeah. To protect me from something natural, like I, I was. Have, if you have really fair skin and you have a sense, sun, I get sensitivity. I get it. That's not what I'm talking about. For me, yeah. Like I remember putting this stuff on because I was like, maybe I should, you know, because I felt sick last time. Maybe I should do this. And I remember coming home and being like, and putting on this stuff, and I was like, man, I, I yeah. just it stinks, and I don't want it on my skin, man. Yeah. Like I just had an aversion to it. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, to kind of you know wrap it up or whatever, 
I went I went from, oh, you heard my stomach there? You're going to have to put a noise gate on that <laughs> shit, bro. I'm going to accentuate. I'm going to tell yeah. Chris, the guy that's producing, like, say, put it louder. Uh, then just this one part. <laughs> it's like, I remember watching a podcast and I heard like the guys like throat the whole time. I was like, dude, I can't do this. Turn, I can't. I got to go. I can't, I, can't, I can't hear this guy's gurgling all day. I'm going to throw up. So, you know, I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to get tougher. I want to get good at this, you know? And like, I know it's going to take a long time because isn't I, that the I, fun part though like for it me, is but like i want to i want to fast forward a little bit but my friends always tell me dude that's when you're gonna get hurt exactly you know it's so funny you say that because i i ran a 10k in ottawa a few that's months sick back. that's a lot i ran the 10k and to be honest i got fucked up on the thursday before <laughs> smart really intelligent I, I, <laughs> yeah the, like i i i self-sabotaged to be honest when i think about it i did it's only like i almost wanted to fuck things up for myself because a few weeks prior to that, I just stopped running. I didn't, I didn't like I got annoyed with it. Then the Thursday before the race, I got fucking destroyed. Destroyed. The Friday, I ate McDonald's or Burger King. Like I Why? ate like shit. I, I'm telling you, that's what was like a crazy, like when I think about it, it was like a self-sabotage. Man. And then the Saturday, the race was in Ottawa. So I drove to Ottawa the, sa- the Saturday morning, the day of the race. I didn't eat anything because I was still on this hangover that was lingering from the Thursday. Got there, napped. I didn't eat. I was dehydrated. It was super hot, all this shit. And I finished. And I, I I actually wanted to not go. To be honest, I was looking for a reason to quit and not do it. And then, like, because now with, with, with my kid, I was kind of like, what am I going to do? Am I going to be that person that says they're going to do stuff and they're not going to do it? Oh, I yeah, know. You can't be that guy. I can't be that person. Like, I, I never wanted to be that person. And now it's like, I feel like, I think I said this on, on another one. It was like, I felt like I always have a camera on me now. And like, she's watching what I'm doing. So these things, they, they're going to linger and they're going to stick around in her life. If I, if I, if I do something like this. So I said, Hey, asshole, you said you were going to fucking do this thing. You're going to go do it. And even if you fucking die today, you're going to fucking go. So I did it. And then when I did it, I, I looked at it from a standpoint of saying, not, I was happy. I did it. I said, what else are you kind of like holding yourself back on? You just did this 10 K. You're not going to die. You're, you're tired, but you didn't, you fucked this up and you still finished it. And that night I came home, like when we came home from Ottawa, I signed up for the marathon, which I'm going to be doing in a few weeks. Awesome. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I never fucking ran this much. Yeah. And now it's like every week you've seen the progress, like you were saying about the bike and motocross. And you just like, you see this, this, this progression. And now you, you kind of want this to go faster. You're like, I want, I how come I can't reach? And then all of a sudden you hit a new level and you're like, oh man, I, I hit 20 K now I could do it. And all of a sudden you get the next week, you got a little too confident and you completely bomb. You can't even do 10K. You're like, what the fuck just happened? I, yeah. I backpedaled. Yeah. And so- all That happens these, all the time. It happens all the time. And you realize that it's like, it's almost like it always has to do this process of up, down, and then it goes up. And then you don't realize it, how much you've really grown from it. And for me personally, like based on the story, like I didn't know like 90% of the story, to be honest today. I knew like the highlights as a musician. But then watching that stuff, like I said, when I first reached out to you was the sports stuff that I was like, holy fuck. This guy is known to be a guitarist. What the fuck's he doing on this bike? What's he a lot doing of my parkour? friends tell me that. What, what are you doing, bro? But it was cool. <laughs> like to me, the, the transformation yeah. to me was what really intrigued me. That's what I really want to know more. And then there's the parkour stuff too. That you're fucking. That was, that's a lot of fun because people think, oh, there's other things you can do for core. It's like, dude, everything I do is core. Like I do other stuff too. You know, like, but parkour was just another way to um, to like stress the body the body out a little more in things that i believe are maybe useful like mm-hmm. i think you might need to outrun people 
<laughs> one like, day you, you might need might that. You might need to like scale a wall and yeah. like maybe jump from a rooftop to another rooftop. You might need that. And yeah. I don't know if I'm crazy, but I met this dude, Mike, and uh, at Paragym. Okay. And I ended up taking a couple, uh, I did maybe three lessons with him outdoors at Olympic Stadium. I saw, I saw the videos. Dude, that guy's a badass, man. If you see the way, like the shape he's in and, and what he could do, him and, 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 um, his buddy Nikita, and I was just like, I want to do one millionth of what they can do. Yeah. If I can achieve that. And I think the physical conditioning alone is worth the don't, time that I spend with them, you know? Don't you find also, to me, I, I'm realizing the physical benefit of these things. Yeah, man. But to be honest, the thing that is giving me like the ultimate hard on, if you want to call it, is the mental stuff. Like oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what what did I think? I, You know, how many times have I said I couldn't do something? Was it just my head that got in the way? So it's really like transformed my outlook on all these things that seem so scary yeah. or so hard, impossible, can't do. And now they're starting to become all things that is if you work hard at it and you understand it and you connect with people that know how to do it and you get a guide to help you through the process. And you realize like they started the exact same way, most likely. Yeah. Maybe they did it younger, but yeah. they all started with this like curious mentality. Yeah. And the moment you're curious on something, is, that's what it's all that's about. That's when you grow through it. That's that's why I had that band curious case. It was just like there's a curiosity you have for certain things. Like, how does that work? How does that work? Yeah. Why does that why is that like that? What about this? I'm just a very analytical person when it comes to things that I'm for some reason interested in something. Yeah. You don't know why you're interested in. It. I'm not interested in everything. Yeah, yeah, I can't be. You know, but there are certain things that I am and I want to exp- I want to explore them. I want to know like parkour. Really, you see these guys dudes running through a park doing a backflip. Like you should see this dude. You know, he's on um on Facebook uh my coach Mikhail Sputnik Roskov. I think his last name is Roskov. <laughs> Russians, man. Dude, he's awesome. They're 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 Jumps always next level. I love it. Dude, backflip, spin this that off a roof. I'm like, dude, that's insane, man. It's- like I just again I just want to be, um, you know, trained in a way where I get uh, a bit stronger because yeah. I, I just want to be like, I guess like a bit tougher, you know? And I think yeah. if if I could learn how to maybe like uh, avoid a bad crash even, you know, yeah. like, or be able to take an impact better, you know, or maybe there's something, you know, in, in this training that's, I guess you can call it calisthenics, I think. Is that the proper term for what? these dudes do also i guess because you know we're working on different you know monkey bars and hanging and climbing and all that stuff you know so uh just hanging off one of those things is so painful oh man i you saw that i saw the video like dude i couldn't believe it i was like i watched you go around i said that wasn't even the hard one just the regular hanging i was tripping man yeah. it was so it was so painful on your wrists and your joints and your and it's like i didn't know it was that bad yeah you know and that was only like a minute it's, you know, it's crazy, but what what what's amazing is that you're seeing this whole transformation. And you said you have your your list, your bucket list yeah, yeah. from forty to forty five, and you have a year left. Yeah, are there a bunch of things that you haven't even scratched on that list? There's stuff that I'm doing that I almost don't want to say. Okay, but I might say. It's up to you. Because it's, no pressure, but fucking say it. <laughs> there's things that like you know that pertain to music, and there's things that pertain to just physical and just you know. Uh, things where you're like, you know, when you're on your deathbed, mm. are you going to be that guy who says, I should have done that. I should have said that. I should have, I really wanted to do this or that or whatever. I don't want to be that guy, man. I know. You know. I have such a fear of that. Yeah. I honestly, like, I think of that moment and I say, fuck, I never want, I don't want to have that feeling when I'm old. You can't, man. You can't, You. I mean, 
I think that's one of the worst things ever. So that's why I put this pressure on myself to do certain things, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago, a friend of mine was saying, hey, we should come salsa with me or whatever. And I was like, you think I'm going to go in Montreal <laughs> to a salsa? I don't know how to salsa. Oh, I'm sure you're going to be good at it. It's like, what are you why, talking why, about? Why would, why would you be sure that I'd be good at salsa? I mean, I have rhythm. I'm a musician. But like, yeah. I would have to go take classes. So I did. I started yeah. taking classes last month. No way. Dude, it's awesome. Because I want to be Prince, right? So I figured I got. I know. I know. I have rhythm. I love that this still always goes back to Prince. <laughs> I want to be able to, you know, next time I play, I want to bust some moves. You know, yeah. no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I want to get good at something that, yeah, you know, this is like a, a, an interesting thing. I like it. Like, I like watching people uh, dance bachata and salsa and all that. So I, was, I took a few classes. I think it's fun. I think it's going good. You know, and I'm like, uh, I'm going to continue until it's I kind of like... the James Bond process. Yeah, I don't James think Bond, he salsas, but maybe he, but he can ballroom dance, dance yeah, dude. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I was like, let me, I'm going to continue this until I'm good at it. And yeah. then, and we'll see. Maybe, maybe I won't be that guy in a salsa club, but at least I'll know some of the moves. At least I'll have some of the technical aspects kind of down, you yeah. know, uh, just like with like a, a couple other things that, you know, uh, I think every man should do a martial art. Mm. Every woman too, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but like, you know, I know some pretty badass women, you know, that are amazing at martial arts. Yeah. Fine. That's not the point. I think, you know. Um, yeah, just that element of being like, there's always the element of self-sufficient in every way. Yeah. That you can protect yourself, that you can feed yourself, that you can take care of yourself. Like those things I think are foundational. Yeah. For everybody, like yeah. a man, woman, whatever. It's There's no point on a gender. It's just a concept of yeah. things that everyone should have. So that way, if something ever happens, like you can always just handle it. That's it. So um, in March, I signed up for kickboxing because I was nice. so I was so scared of it because I've been wanting to do it for so long. And I kept hearing, oh, you'll break a finger. Oh, okay, no, not gonna do it. Oh, you might hurt yourself. Oh, you're gonna get a broken this, a broken that. So I always avoided it, yep. you know. And, and plus, physically, you were saying like for a long time, you you didn't, you weren't well, dude. I, I wasn't. So I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah, now it's so, different, dude. Compared to the type of like physical yeah. stress that you're taking on your body, yeah. you can handle something like this. Now. And it took years to kind of you know uh, actually like just say you know what I'm I'm fed up of saying I want to do it. So I walked by the school. It's on on Jantano, right near my place. I, w I walked in and I just signed up and then, man, those first few weeks sucked. <laughs> I was, and I was, I walked there and walked home and I limped home for like a month. It's so hard. It yeah. was so hard in the beginning. I, you know, not limber, not, not strong, not coordinated. You yeah. think you're coordinated. Yeah, but you're not. You think you have rhythm. You think you have groove. You're not, bro. Yeah. Just one of the, you know, combinations they tell you to do. You're like, uh, what? So I started. I taking... tried a Muay Thai class. I felt like a fucking idiot. That's the I was thing. was like, why? Why can't my left arm and right you arm? You have to do work? it. Yeah. You have to do those movements and practice them. So the classes are a couple times a week, and then I take like a private class as well uh, every other Monday. And I think those help immensely yeah. because I'm able to really focus. He's able to focus in on me and correct certain things. But it it takes a long time. It's going to take a long time before, um, you know. It's, it, you know, the movements are fluid and, you know, I'm not so tight and everything. It's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the coolest, best, most fun things. And again, the people in the class are yeah. awesome, dude. You look forward to, at first you're like, what the hell did I do? I can't yeah. believe I signed up to this. I can't believe it. It's like Tuesday. I want to go home and go to bed. It's always the same but story though. Whenever you, you try it. something new, it's always like, oh, 
why did I do this to myself? And, and now it's just, like, and, and now can't it, wait to go, you know, stick around for one month. Yeah. That's it's like thing. almost like the 30 day process yeah. has to happen. So that way you can realize stop being a fucking bitch. Yeah. Stop being a bitch and just continue. Realize that habits are habits. Exactly. Bad habits, you know, addictions to bad habits are, are basically like you can get addicted to good, good habits. habits. And like, you don't really realize that, but now dude, I, I I can't wait to get to the track on, and it's like a pretty long drive to Mirabel, you know. Yeah. And I can't wait to get there. Like I jump out of bed to pack my bag to get out there, you know. To this week, I already went four times. You That's know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's a long drive. It's like, but I I hundred percent enjoy it. Same thing with with classes. You know, I, I I can't wait to go. I don't eat dinner. I just pack my bag yeah. and I can't wait. I can't wait to see everybody and have a good laugh in there. And then basically, like they destroy you. <laughs> yeah, it's super hard. And then you come you know, home satisfied. Dude. That's the crazy again, part. From limping home to just to like bouncing home, like walking home totally fine, you know, and like you're exhausted, you're beat up, you know, maybe you're a little hurt, whatever. Um, then you have, you know, you have your shake and you go to bed, you feel like a million bucks. That's awesome. You know? man. I'm tired a lot, but uh that's getting better. You you really do see a progression. You really do see how you get you can get good at anything, man. If you really if you enjoy it, if you want to do it. I was about to say that. You know? Whenever you feel like there's purpose Look involved. Look how gross this is. Sorry to disturb you. Look how gross that is. <laughs> Such a gross person. <laughs> Dude, but every time you Sorry. do something you and you see progress, you just you can't help. I, I remember where I'd read this, but it's just the key to life is progress. It, you just need to always be working on something. It doesn't matter what the fuck it is, yeah. but you need to keep working on it because when you do that, you see the progress of it. And the progress of it is what makes you get up in the morning to continue to say, I want to be better at it. Yeah. And I noticed that for like, you know, to, to, to kind of wrap things up a bit, but it's the idea of what I loved in the conversation today is that you saw that there's kind of, you have this methodical process that you, like from now learning more and more about you, it's like you, when you love something, you, you focus on it, you put attention yeah. to it, you, you work hard on it. So to me, like you kind of brought always that, those qualities in everything that you're doing now, but it's kind of like something now that you're, you're seeing how you're integrating all this in your life where, you know, you had music and then you kind of dropped everything for music for so long that everything yeah. else didn't matter. And now you're learning that. And it's kind of like, it's, it's nice to hear that because a lot of times when people start hitting, let's say 40, I know I'm hitting 40 this year. And for me, I've never felt better. You know, people like, they look at 40, like, oh man, oof. You know, when you, I remember when I was 20 and someone told me 40, I was like, I'd rather be dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 40, dude, yeah. it's going to be rough. Oh, it's going to be rough. actually, this is when we're, we feel the strongest, where we feel the best. Dude. I've, I really feel the best now. Like, I feel I've healthy finally. You know? I've never been this healthy in my life, to be honest. I've never been more focused in my life. I've never got gotten things accomplished yeah. as like i thought i accomplished a lot of shit but i fucked around a lot yeah. that's what i noticed like i worked hard but i fucked around a lot yeah and now it's like i still fuck around but i know when to fuck around yeah. where before it was just like ah oh, you know I'd, I'd get sidetracked by so many things so it, it's it's nice hearing this story and and i'd love to hear you know once you do, you, you finish your 40 to 45 <laughs> to see where the 45 to 50 is going to be because yeah. there's always the new ones right yeah yeah there's always a new list awesome man and dude I'm, I'm so happy you made it out here thanks man it was a lot of fun dude yeah dude uh, honestly i had a great time and you know hopefully uh we'll keep in touch after this because yeah yeah I, I, and i'm following the shit anyways i'm seeing it anyways but i'd love to to kind of keep in touch and yeah for sure man there's other stuff coming out so if ever you know we'll get back together and uh hang yeah. out again well there's the new albums that are coming out yeah the new record Probably next year, because it's going to take a long time to, to actually finish it. I'm still writing it. But um, I actually just spoke to Simon at Godin, the owner of Godin Guitars. So I'm nice. going to be doing a couple more videos with them soon. So that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. 
I'm going to do some videos with diamond pedals as well. Uh, I spoke to Greg the other day, uh, solid gold effects and diamond pedals. Oh, that's cool. That's going to be fun. Um, sort of, you know, while I'm preparing, you know, uh, the new music, it's good to have these other passions. Uh, it's like, yeah, these companies that have always been supportive, you know, I've been working with them forever. So, um, that's going to be good, man. It's going to be some cool videos coming out for so sure. If somebody wanted to follow or do anything, is this a specific page you want? Uh, Israfel world everywhere, like, uh, Israfel world on Instagram and, um, on YouTube, not much going on on YouTube because I just do like, you know, little videos on Instagram for now. I'm just sort of kind of getting back to putting things together you know yeah um but um yeah it's gonna be a little while but i'm trying you know hey, <laughs> trying to put this stuff out as soon as possible it's gonna take a while but hey man you know what when it comes it comes like yeah, you, you yeah. can't you can't force things yeah, they, they're yeah. gonna happen like keep doing the right things and inevitably it'll come out yeah man thanks so much dude thanks dude Hell yeah, man. appreciate it, it man Alex, Alex, nice. had a great time me too man a lot of fun I went I went from oh you heard my stomach there you're gonna have to put a noise gate on that <laughs> shit bro I'm gonna, I'm gonna accentuate I'm gonna tell yeah, Chris yeah. the guy that's producing like, say put it louder uh, then just this one part <laughs> hey thanks for checking out the show it's been awesome working on this project and if you like it tell a friend and if you want to support the show you can by one subscribing and liking our YouTube channel at the DMW podcast two you can go to our website and sign up to our mailing list at the dmwpodcast.com and three you can follow us on Instagram at the DMW podcast thanks again for all of your support my name is Steph and this is the Dead Man Walking Podcast